This warrior goddess element is in you. So remember that next time you need to call on your sacred rage with somebody or something that has trespassed an emotional, personal, or physical boundary because we all need to have that warrior spirit. It's a very, very important component of our self-respect, our self-agency, our self-esteem, and the very important component of not abandoning our own soul as well as protecting those who need protection. In today's busy world, how can we find the inspiration, knowledge, and energy to live a healthy and empowered life? If we balance and harmonize our mind, exercise our body, live according to the laws of nature, and connect to spirit, can we find a way to heal, become our authentic self, and live our purpose with love? I am your hostess, Amy Fournier, and welcome back to Awakening Aphrodite. Hey everybody, I'm here with my friend Hannah of Seab and Solace. Hannah, you've talked a lot about how uh, the skin can be related to what's going on mentally and emotionally for us and even in our immune system. And you actually had that personal experience yourself. So you know firsthand the result of PTSD and eczema personally. Can you just help us understand how there's a connection there between our mental, emotional and what our skin is doing, acne, eczema, rashes, any other skin problems. I was born during the war in Iran and that created a constant battle of fear of anticipating dying as a young kid instead of having normal, playful and active imagination as a kid. Your nervous system is an extension of our immune system. And when our immune system gets compromised, this essentially can affect your skin. You basically um, start to show skin issues such as eczema, psoriasis, heavy, heavy itching. And that's because your nervous system has been affected. As a child, I noticed that both me and my sister had we were battling heavily with eczema on our face and our scalp not knowing what's happening we my mother took us to an herbalist and they were able to tell us that they they need to be on heavy amounts of mugwort seeds and saffron to calm the nervous system down and detox the gut so we would reduce and eradicate the the signs of eczema and itching let's talk about the benefits of mugwort seeds and that's what makes your company unique, Hannah, is that you sell the Persian mugwort seeds as opposed to the leaves, which can be common with some other herbal companies. These are known as golden seeds in in Iran because they're considered the king of all seeds. And this ancient Persian detox has been passed down through generations. is a one-stop source of nutrients your body needs to detox liver and purify the blood cells. What happens, these seeds detox your gut and your liver, which then allow for healthier red blood cells that act as a medium culture for all of our 50 trillion cells. So this allows our immune systems for growth and repair, which we need on a regular basis. I have a mugwort seed hot tea with a little, a couple of strands of uh, your Persian saffron in there too, probably about three mornings a week. I absolutely love it. I'm really not a big tea fan, but I've become one. <laughs> and I just love knowing I'm doing something good for my body and supporting another woman-based business and somebody that has ethics and morals and is giving back to the planet and does things holistically. So thank you for your amazing products, Hannah. Thank you, Amy. And you can get your own, you guys. Save 10% because Hannah has given us a coupon code, FITAMYTV10, all caps, at checkout, and you can try it and save and let me know and let's drink mugwort together. 
Welcome back to Awakening Aphrodite with Amy Fournier. This show is about helping you to be healthy and fit in mind, body, and spirit, as well as harmonize your masculine and feminine energy, tap into your intuition, your true source of power, and awaken your authentic self. Today, I'm going to refer to an amazing classic book that anybody who's interested in learning the true history of the feminine and the divine feminine journey through all of antiquity and all the different ancient cultures and religions and and just life in general for that matter, I'm going to refer to the classic book called The Woman's Encyclopedia of Myths and Secrets by the one and only Barbara G. Walker. This is truly a book that I believe I had read somewhere, took her like 20 years to compile and put together. It is literally an encyclopedia. It goes from A to Z of pretty much every word you could probably think of that is related to the topic. So it's just a plethora of stuff. I'm most definitely going to be referring to it in um, upcoming upcoming episodes. So um, you, you're probably going to hear about this book a lot, in, in addition to the author, Barbara G. Walker. Today, I thought we would start with a discussion about the Amazons. Now, you've probably heard of the Amazon tribes, right? Those fierce warrior goddess women that were on horses. And if you're familiar with the of course, the classic movie Wonder Woman, well, she was an Amazon. She was of the Amazon tribe. So they're pretty well known. I'm going to assume you're a little bit familiar with them. But today we're just going to get some insight into what Barbara G. Walker has found in her research on the Amazons. Because one of the things you hear me say a lot on the show is, yes, we're all about bringing out and harmonizing and strengthening and understanding the divine feminine essence that's in, in us. But we have to keep in mind that it is the dark and the light. It's all of it. It is multifaceted. It is dynamic. It is not just all the soft and the light and the passive, which is definitely part of it. It's also the warrior goddess, the heroine that's in us, the fierce mama bear, the, the, the fierce provider and protector of life and beauty and art and truth and all the things worth living for. That's what the divine feminine is. So what better place to start than with the Amazons? All right. So let's now refer to what Barbara has to share with us. Greek name for goddess worshiping tribes in North Africa Anatonia and the Black Sea area is Amazons. Due to an erroneous belief that Amazon warriors destroyed the right breast to be unhindered by drawing the bow, some derive the name from Amazons, which means breastless. But Greek representations of Amazons showed no such mutilization was true. The idea may have risen from astonic icons of the primordial Androgenine with a male right half and a female left half, which was echoed by a consonance of the Amazon goddess Artemis, who's one of my favorites, and we did a show on that, and her brother consort Apollo. Scholars now say the word Amazons actually meant moon woman. It's been said that Amazons once ruled over a large part of Asia. 
As late as the 5th century AD, the Black Sea was still known as the Amazon Sea. Libya, which used to mean all of half of North Africa except for Egypt, was also Amazonian. Herodotus spoke of Libyan Amazons. Diorodus, first century Greek historian, called them, quote, the warlike women of Libya. So to this day, North African Bourbons call themselves Amazoni through their common name from Latin barbari, as in barbarians. It's one of the things I love about this book by Barbara is it's almost like a uh, vocabulary lesson in the origin of so many words. It's really it's just so thought-provoking and, frankly, kind of mind-blowing when you learn some of the origins and the meaning behind a lot of the words that we use commonly. Super cool, I think, because it really it gives depth as to why a word is a certain word. So the ancients and Amazons were the first to tame horses, which may well account for their army's legendary invincibility. In open country, mounted troops, whether male or female, would have a decided advantage over foot soldiers. And I'll just add that, yes, that's quite common knowledge that the Amazons, the women, the female warriors, were the ones that were the first to go into battle on horseback. And that was a game changer. And I would just surmise, based on my little bit of intuition, is that it's probably because of the female very strong connection to animals and instinct and the animal energy. So the, the women developed, I would imagine, a very primal, real, authentic, strong vibe with the horses, which enabled them to then tame them, get on their backs, as in mount them, and ride them, and then train them to go into battle with them. Can you even imagine what a horse is thinking, like charging into battle with this crazy, deadly environment? Anyway, that's a very common thing that uh, is pretty much a consensus among scholars that, yes, the Amazons were the ones who originated the whole women on horseback thing. So how's that for an amazing little factoid for you? All right. So in Amazonian myths, the goddess was often worshipped as a mare, India's mare mother, Sanoru, mare-headed Demeter, or Cretan Lakupi the white mare, whose priests were castrated and wore female dress. Among other tribes, men entered the service of the goddess by castrating themselves and adopting women's clothing. The only deity shown in Scythian art was the great goddess, whom the Greeks called Artemis, or Hestia, or Gaia, which is the earth. Some of the Scythians settled in Parinthia, which was also known as Virgin Land, named after their goddess. They came to be known as, oh, this, I don't know how to pronounce this. They came to be known as Sakai, which is spelled S-A-C-A-E. And their chief city was Sakaiistine. Scythians were governed by priestess queens, usually buried alone in richly furnished queen graves. Five Kurigans were discovered together in southern Russia, in 1954. These priestesses were elder women, old enough to have gray hair. They performed traditional sacrifices, catching the blood in sacred cauldrons and taking omens from the entrails. 
They also accompanied their armies into battle to cast spells for victory. So just visualize that. These elderly women would, would perform these ceremonies and sacrifices and catch the blood of the sacrifices in sacred cauldrons known as like, you know, cups. And they would read how the entrails would fall basically as omens for battle. And then they would follow the women warriors that were on horseback into battle with these things so they could be casting spells while they were fighting. Right. Just visualize that. This is just crazy stuff. Okay. Now you tell me this is like everyday goddess stuff that you might hear about. Right. Tell me these women weren't fierce. Okay. Wow. 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 So the moon sickle used in mythical castrations of gods was a Scythian weapon. A long handled form therefore came to be called a scythe and was assigned to the grim reaper who was originally Raya in the guise of Mother Time or Mother Death, also known as the Earth who devoured her own children. Scythian women apparently used such weapons in battle as well as in religious ceremonies in agriculture. Diodorus said Scythian women, quote, fight like men and are no wise inferior to them in bravery, unquote. A Scythian girl was allowed to marry only after she had killed three enemies in battle. Now that's super interesting because I'll just add in my research, I had always heard that yes, that was true, that Amazonian warriors were not allowed to marry until they killed a man. And this is saying, according to Barbara, apparently they're not, they were not allowed to marry until they had killed three enemies in battle, which would be men because there were no other women warriors at the time that we know of at least. So, wow, not one, but three. It wasn't unusual for barbarian armies to include women. Oh, so <laughs> I guess I stand corrected. Feminine magic power was often considered necessary for victory. Well, this we definitely knew. And we also knew all ancient cultures would, even when the men were the warriors, they would consult the women in the tribe to know when they should go to battle and if they should go to battle. It was always the cohesion and the harmony of the men and the women in the tribe in coming together and deciding what was worth fighting for and when they should fight. So the men and women would always work together on that. So feminine magic power was often considered necessary for victory. The Bible says Barak commanded an army of 10,000 men but refused to go into battle unless the priestess queen Deborah went along to cast victory spells for him. And that's from Judges 4.8. Tacitus told of Dudritic forces repelling Roman invaders on the island of Mona in 61 AD. Among soldiers, black-clad women waved swords and cursed the enemy like the Furies. Greek myth says Amazon tribes occupy Cappadocia, Samarinth, and Lesbos, and founded the cities of Samaria, Ephesus, Symes, Myrene, and Pathos, all leading centers of goddess worship. Amazons came to the aid of matriarchal Troy in the Trojan War. The Amazon queen, Penthesilia, fell beneath the sword of Achilles, who immediately violated her dead body. Oh, isn't that lovely? Homer attributed this act 
to Achilles' love of her beautiful corpse. More likely, it was a magic charm to immobilize her vengeful spirit. Greeks feared the ghosts of slain Amazons. They called them beautiful ones, built shrines to them, and offered them sacrifices for centuries after war. Theseus, the king of Attica, violated the Amazon's law of matriarchal marriage by kidnapping their queen, Antelope. Some said Antelope was the sister of Hippolycia. The former was slain by Theseus, the later by Hercules, who wished to steal her magic girdle. Enraged, the Amazons invaded Greece, ravaged coastal towns, and besieged Athens. Amazons and Greeks became hereditary enemies. A leader Amazon queen named Spirit of Artemis joined Xerxes to fight the Greeks at the Battle of Samaras in 480 BC, not because she loved Persians, but because she hated Greeks. Greek myths mention several islands of women where Amazons lived without men, only consorting with neighboring colonies of males at certain seasons when they wanted to conceive their children. Taurus, Lamonis, and Lesbos were said to be all female societies, such as this. The Greeks apparently feared them. They said that women of Taurus sacrificed to their goddess all men who landed on their shores, and the women of Lemnos had risen up against their husbands and murdered all of them at once. The Greek writers seemed to have no doubt that women could destroy whole populations of adult males, and there was no effective defense against them. Yikes, these guys had no chance against the Amazons. Northern Europe had mythical Amazons. The Valkyries, warrior maidens of Valhara, there were also real Amazons among the Vikings, known as female captains and war chieftainesses. In the 10th century AD, a Norwegian fleet invaded Ireland and devastated Ulster in the northeast under the command of a warrior queen called the Red Maiden. Another warrior queen, Olga, was one of the first rulers of Kiev. Medieval historians said Amazons ruled the city of Ulm from before the time of Adam to the time of Alexander the Great. The city was named for the sacred elms of the grove where they worship Diana Artemis, who, by the way, is who we know as Wonder Woman, and definitely check out my solo cast where we talk about Artemis. Again and again, legends mention the woman's magic battle cries, which made their enemies helpless. The Valkyrie Kara deprived her enemies of power to wield their weapons by the sound of her voice. Yes, Amazons were known to be like shrieking as they go into battle and like just completely immobilizing the people that they were fighting against by their just their fierceness as they just like were just yelling these incantations as they were like visualize them like charging on their horses into battle with their spears drawn and like screaming these incantations like wow <laughs> wow wow wow. The book of the taking of Ireland said the very first expedition of colonists to Ireland was led by a woman. Ireland had female soldiers up to the 6th century AD. Did you know that? I didn't either. <laughs> when Christian legal reforms forbade women to bear arms, 
The tradition persisted in connection with weddings. A bride's costume up to the 17th century included a knife at the belt. But after the 9th century, female warriors in Celtic islands were labeled witches. In the Amazon's territory around the Black Sea, women retained certain Amazon customs up to the 18th century, dressing in men's clothes, riding horseback astride, and fighting beside the men in war. So there you go, some little insight into the warrior goddess herself, the personification of the warrior goddess, the Amazons, the amazing Amazon women. They are the embodiment of true warrior heroine power that's in all of us. There's, there's a spark of that divine essence in each of us, regardless of your gender, but particularly if you identify as a female and were born with female genitalia. This warrior goddess element is in you. So remember that next time you need to call on your sacred rage with some, somebody that or something that has trespassed an emotional, personal, or physical boundary because we all need to have that warrior spirit. It's a very, very important component of our self-respect, our self-agency, our self-esteem, and the very important component of not abandoning our own soul as well as protecting those who need protection. I hope you enjoyed this episode, everybody. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next one. And uh, thanks so much for being here. If you want to help me out, please leave a review. Share this with another warrior goddess who needs to hear it. And uh, check out my favorite products with my discount codes and all the stuff I like to use myself personally every day on my website, amyfournier.com. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Would you like to support my mission to help empower people all over the world to be all of who they truly are? If so, please subscribe to the show, leave a review on iTunes, and share it with a friend. And if you're looking to take immediate action to align your energy and optimize your health, visit amyfournier.com. Thanks for listening to Awakening Aphrodite. Let's awaken her together in you. I'm your hostess, Amy Fournier. And I already can't wait to be with you again and for you to hear what I have planned for the next show. Thanks for listening to Awakening Aphrodite with Amy Fournier. To learn more about Amy, check out her website, amyfournier.com. That's A-M-Y-F-O-U-R-N-I-E-R.com. You can also check out Amy's live and on-demand virtual fitness and yoga classes and sign up for her newsletter to receive a free mini ebook of three of her top tips for making holistic health a lifestyle. Again, that's amyfournier.com and get your ebook sent to your email immediately. Connect with Amy on the daily on Instagram at fitamytv, F-I-T-A-M-Y-T-V, and watch many of the podcast episodes and subtopic clips on her YouTube channel, which is also fitamytv. Enjoy, and we'll see you next time on Awakening Aphrodite.